Today is Transformation Part 2, and I'll do a brief recap. So the main focus of this series, and I specifically focus this series to pay attention to racism and the racial issues and the social issues. So the, the, script, uh, the series can, can dovetail into different aspects of our lives, but I want to focus on, on racist, racism because it's, it's, it's in the media and it's something that's impacting every one of us in one way or another. So the main focus of this series, as I said, is concerning, concerning the social unrest because of racism and how we in Christ, how we must live. There, there are no suggestions. This is how we ought to live. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, what we are talking about is the way we ought to live. So last time I talked about, started speaking about transformation and the body of Christ or the church are one people with the same spirit abiding in Christ to become one, to understand the love of God and walk in forgiveness. And this requires a vulnerability by changing the way we think. And we were in Romans chapter 1, and the scripture read, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So I covered that a little bit last week. And I was saying to be able to, to love the races, overcome our biases and prejudices, receive um, the born-again racist or bigot, to forgive requires us to become a living sacrifice. And I defined what that was. I defined the word sacrifice. And it's an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to, the, or to a divine or supernatural figure. And I use Jesus as the example so that we get the context of what a living sacrifice is or how it's supposed to be. And Jesus was a perfect example because he was the ultimate living sacrifice. So I was in, we were in John chapter 4 last week, and John chapter 4, verse 34, and John chapter 6, verse 38 through 40. And Jesus said, my nourishment, what sustains me is to do the will or do the Father's will and to complete his will or, or the work that he has assigned to me. So Jesus came from heaven to do the will of the Father, not his will, to do the Father's will. And Jesus was never confused about who he was and his purpose. He was never confused about that. Everything he did was in line with the Father's will for his, and his mission and his purpose. And as uh, stated in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, you can read that on your time. So Jesus declared his mission and his purpose in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And he also offered up himself... And clearly stated in John 5, 19, that he can do nothing of himself. And whatever he did and whatever he said is in line with what the Father showed him to do and what the Father told him to say. This was all done by the Spirit. Okay? So a living sacrifice in our context here, in the context of Jesus' life, is one who surrenders his or her life to Christ so that by the Spirit, the Lord can express himself or his will through the life of that person. This was the same thing Jesus did with the Father. Jesus only said 
and did what the father told him to say and did what the father showed him to do. So in that way, whatever he said and did was not him, was the father in him being able to express himself through the son, Christ. And that's the same thing that's required of us to be a living sacrifice. We have to be able to allow the Lord to express himself through us. So whatever we do and say, the Lord is responsible for the outcome. We are not responsible for the outcome. And that doesn't happen overnight. This requires a person to yield the will to the will of God. That's not easy. It's not the way we are used to thinking. We are used to doing our own thing and doing what we feel is right for us and doing what pleases us. Okay? But surrendering our life to Christ is acceptable to God and it's our reasonable or a rational service. Because I said last week, we don't belong to ourselves anymore. When we give ourselves to Christ, we don't belong us to ourselves. We, as I said, we tend to want to do what we want, how we want, when we want, and be accountable to no one. But when you're in Christ, even though many people want to do and say what they want, they are accountable to him. And he will do what he needs to do to get their attention and shape that thinking. A word of warning and a word of encouragement, not so much a word of warning, but a word of encouragement. It's in our best interest to yield to the Spirit and do what is required. But before we can do that, that's going to dovetail now into today's message. Transformation, I'm going to talk about how that transformation takes place. You cannot act and do what the Lord wants if you don't know His will. So you got to know His will to know what you need to be doing, how you need to be doing, and what you need to be saying. All right? So that's what we're going to talk about this week. So I'd like us to go to Romans chapter 12 again, and we're going to go read verse 2, but I'll read, read verse 1 and verse 2. So go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, but we're going to focus mostly on verse 2 today. Okay. And the scripture reading goes like this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So we covered that last week. And verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. These are very powerful scriptures. So as I said, I want to focus on verse 2. It says, again, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I'll break this scripture up into two parts. I won't say this is part one and part two, but it will just flow. So when you become born again by believing in Jesus and accepting what he has done, there is a change of heart and our spirit is renewed or reborn. There is a born again experience which your spirit is renewed. It becomes alive to God. Is now God has your attention. You're, you're open and willing to listen to the things of God. That's a born-again experience. That's why many of you, or all of you, are on this line today. If you didn't have the born-again experience, you'll never be on this line. You'll be about doing your own thing. 
but God has your attention now. Your spirit is renewed, reborn, and your heart has changed. However, the way we think has not changed. So our soul needs to get to get lined up now with our heart and with our spirit. So our knowledge and how we process, process our thoughts have not changed. Our heart and mind are still in conflict. Our thinking is still like the world. So the word conform, and you know I, I have to define things so that we understand and have the right context and, and understanding of what we're talking about. So the word conform in the dictionary means to behave according to the socially acceptable conventions or standards. The Bible definition means fashion oneself according to. So it says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not fashion yourself according to the world's socially acceptable standard and convention. That's what it's saying. Now, Paul begs believers to offer themselves by living their lives for Christ. Understand, and I'm telling you up front, when you do not conform to the world's standards and, con and conventions, you run the risk of being persecuted because the way you want to, the way you think and the way you want to act doesn't line up with the way people in the world do their stuff. So you could be easily come under persecution. And that's what the enemy would do to try and reel you back into corruption and darkness. Okay? You would use people to attack you. But you have to be able to stand your ground. But that happens as you renew your mind and as you, be, you become more intimate with God and get to know him better. Okay, so Paul begs the, the believers to, to offer themselves by being a living sacrifice, living their lives for Christ. And our bodies, our energy and resources are to be at the disposal of Jesus Christ to accomplish his purpose through our lives. Okay, it's thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and as I said, so he's only be able to accomplish what he desires through people, but those people have to be willing to yield. The son, the father was able to accomplish what he wanted through the son, but the son had to yield. So the father could express himself through the son. So we have to be a willing to yield to Christ, become a living sacrifice, so that he can express himself on the earth, so that his will will be established on the earth. I couldn't make that any simpler. So we have to be in a, in a situation where we are able to trust Christ with our very lives. We say it, but to be able to trust Christ with your, with your very lives requires a vulnerability and ability and a willingness to, to, to surrender to him. But we can only surrender to him if we know him. I don't know of anyone who's willing to surrender their lives to someone they don't know. I won't do it. I won't surrender my life to somebody I don't know. I don't have a relationship with. I don't know what that person is going to do from one minute to the next. How can you trust a God you don't know? How can you trust a Savior you do not know? So if you can't trust him, how can you be willing to yield to be a living sacrifice? So that's why it's saying here, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that's what, we, that's what we're talking about here. To be able to trust Christ, to yield yourself, you've got to know him. And how do you know him? Well, I'm glad you asked. 
to be able to trust God, the Lord, with our lives and love the racist. But for you able for you to be able to love the racist based on what the Word of God says, you have to know that this Word is infallible. You got to know that the one who is backing up this Word will back up His Word and will keep you when you. Put your guard down and be vulnerable to love people who don't like you. So we have to be able to trust the Lord with our lives to be able to love the racist or the born-again ex-racist. And it requires the mind of Christ. A mental transformation that has to take place. As I said, your spirit and your heart are fine. It's your soul that has to get transformed so it can get be in sync with your heart and your spirit. So this renewing, this renewed thinking will eventually prove to ourselves and to others the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I'll tell you what that is. So it says here, be, do not be conformed to the world. Be transformed by changing the way you think because you need to prove something. Another scripture, 2 Timothy, I'm going to come back to um, Romans chapter 2, but I'm, telling, I'm giving you some background here. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, you don't have to turn, but you can write it down for your scripture reference to refer to on your time. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 through 17 states, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God or the woman of God may be perfect or mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All scripture, which is recording in this Bible, is given by inspiration of God. That is by the Spirit of God. And is beneficial for doctrine, for teaching, for correction, for rebuke to correct others, and for instruction in how you ought to live. That the man of God or the woman of God may be mature or come to a state of maturity thoroughly furnished for all good works or to walk in the will and the ways of God. I am telling you this because to be transformed in your thinking, you need the word of God or you need to reprogram the way you think. And that comes with through the word of God. And in John chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says that God and his word are one. So if God and his word are one, therefore the scriptures that have been recording in this book is one with God. Because these words that were written were inspired by the spirit of God. And we know that God and his spirit are one. Therefore, God and his word are one. Because in the beginning, in John chapter 1, was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning of God, with God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word and God are one. God and his spirit are one. So when you learn and you know this, the word of God, you will know the character, and you will know the Father. And you would also know the Son, because the Son and the Father are one. So 
So when you know the word of God and the spirit reveals it, you would know the son and you would know the father. You will know the character of God. You will know what God will and will not do. And what God will say and will not say. Amen. Okay. So the spirit of God makes the word of God come alive. So we got to know the word. That's why we read the word. That's why we have Bible study. And the spirit will reveal the heart and the character of God to us. The most important reason to study the word of God is to get to know him. It's to get to know the father. And you get to know the father through the son. When we know the father, we know his character, it's easy to trust him. And I'll tell you, there was a time I thought I trusted God. I thought I believed. I thought I this and I that. Until... Until I was faced with certain circumstances in my life where it really challenged my faith. And I questioned if I really believed and trusted God. So the word, when the Spirit reveals it to you, this word in the Bible that we read is called Logos. Sometimes what you have in your head is Logos. You can quote something, you can repeat something, but you don't have a revelation or understanding of what it is and how to apply it to your life. When you get the understanding and you know how to apply it to your life, then that word is alive to you. So many people can quote scriptures, but when it, the rubber meets the road, when, when, when it, it, it's really, they're really tasked with believing and trusting, that's where you really see where people actually believe it, if it's alive or if it's just words on a page or words in their mind. So just relax. You're not going to learn it overnight, but the Spirit will give you what you need when you need it. I am a testament to that, and I know that. Okay? So I'm not telling you anything I have not experienced. So we have established that God and His Word are one. God and His Son are one because the Son is the Word, and God and His Spirit, they are one. And guess what? We are in Christ by the Spirit. So now we have the mental capacity to understand the things of God because we have a renewed spirit, a reborn spirit, and a renewed heart. So it's just now for the soul to get caught up. So guess what? If you are diligent to study the word, the Holy Spirit will teach you and make it alive to you so you can apply it to your life. And the fruit of it will be manifested and reveal the glory of God in your life. That God is really active in your life. So when you trust him, you believe his word, and you have the courage to walk in it. We are therefore walking in the light and in the ways of God. When you are equipped with that knowledge and walk in that understanding, your mind is renewed. Then your spirit, heart, and mind are in sync. With that, we are able to overcome fear and become a living sacrifice because we choose to obey God. Every day, every decision we make is a choice. And we have a choice to obey or not obey. A choice to yield or not yield. What? And I'll tell you something, and you could take this to the bank or take it to wherever. God will never, ever go against your own will. He will never go against your own free will. God won't do it. He cannot do it. He gives man a choice. Even the, the, the lost man and the saved man, he, he gives each person a choice. You're going to choose to do it my way or you just do it your way. 
There is always a choice. He will never go against your will. So we are no longer, the reason why we have to, we have to choose to obey God and God is responsible for backing up his own word is so that we, are, we can no longer be ignorant. Ignorant doesn't mean stupid. Ignorant means unlearned. We can no longer be ignorant of the spiritual things and be easily seduced and taken prey by the devil, by the enemy. When you know the word of God and the spirit of God reveals things to you, it's not easy for people to seduce you anymore. It's not easy for the Satan to take advantage of you, whether it's through dreams, whether it's through demonic oppression, or it's through people. He can't do it at free will anymore because you're starting to learn something about yourself. That you're not just a mere man or woman. You are a child of God. You have rights as a child of God. That you have the spirit of God. You have the armor of God. And that he cannot take you captive at his will. And you know and you start to learn that you have authority over him. I'm telling you. When you get a hold knowing the authority you have as a child of God. You will never walk this life in fear anymore. I'm not saying you won't be afraid. But I'm saying what I'm saying is that you no longer walk this life and a life of fear. And you will never ever again have a victim mentality. Because you know something about yourself. You know something about your father. And you know something about what Christ has done. You had an understanding of what when he put his, when he went to the cross and shed his blood. You understand. And he rose from the dead. You understand who you are. And the power of the resurrection. You can't walk this life the same way. You can't think the same way. Because the authority, the Spirit of God will make it so clear to you who you are. You walk in a humility, but when the evil raises its head, you know how to serve it on it. You know how to take a stand against it. So it will not, won't not, it will not overrun you. Glory to God. I'm telling you, the life in Christ is exciting. But when the Spirit makes things, these things alive to you, you can't walk this life as a victim. Because you know that God will keep you. You know that He will sustain you. No matter what you're going through, you know it. But your mind, your spirit and your heart are in sync. Your mind is, and your soul is not fighting against your heart and your spirit. You're not double-minded. You are you're one. You are one. Your spirit, your heart, and your, and your soul are one. And there's nothing the enemy can do to run you over. Because you know who you are. And you know how to stand. And you know how to fight. Glory to God. So when we are no longer ignorant and we understand. And our minds start shifting and changing. This renewed thinking. The question I'll ask here. What can we prove when our mind is renewed and when we obey God's word? What can we prove? What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So it said here, renew the way you think, right? So that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In the context of what this of this series, we show, right? Number one, that people of different races and backgrounds can be one. We prove and we show that people who used to be enemies are no longer enemies. 
we show, because we walk in love, we show compassion and mercy, and we also forgive. We do not judge people, but meet them where they are and receive them when they turn to Christ. We reveal the wisdom of God. We prove that anyone who received Jesus can walk in his, and walk in his ways can become more like Christ and more like God. Yes, do you know we have the ability to become more like God and be more like God? Yes, that's why we are sons of God. Because we are being shaped into the image of Christ. We are becoming like Christ, which, is the, which has the character of our Father. That's why we have been born again. That's why we've been taken from darkness into light, so that we become more like God himself. And don't get it twisted. Don't get, don't get yourself, you're, you're, you're big-headed about it. If you understand the character of God, God is, walks in humility. He walks in love. He's patient. He's understanding. He's compassionate. But yes, the whole reason why we, are, we have to have a change of mind and, and heart and spirit is so that we become more like Christ, more like God himself. And this is acceptable to God. This is God's will for our, for our lives. So when we walk in the light, when we become a living sacrifice and we yield to God by changing the way we think, we prove what is acceptable to God is that we become more like him. And that people of different races can live as one. People used to be enemies are no longer enemies. These are tangible things that the, people, that the world can see. Which brings to pass what Jesus prayed in John 17, 33. He said, I in them and them in me. Before that, he was praying. He said, Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given them that they may be one. Verse 23, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect or mature in one. Who, he, who is he talking about? The born again believers. Black, white, Indian, Asian. It does not matter. Rich, poor. It does not matter. Trinidadian, Jamaican, whatever. It does not matter. What is it saying? He says here that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me. This is acceptable to God. That these, all these people of different races, background, be one. This is God's will. This is God's perfect will for man. And have loved them, Father, as you have loved me. So why do we have to have to change the way we think so that we will be one? So that we will be like God. So that we, so that the world will have evidence that we truly are loved by God. And that we truly love by Christ. Evidence by the way we live. This is the whole reason for transformation. So that we will manifest to the world. When the world will see the body of Christ, people living as one. Amen. That is acceptable. That's God's good and acceptable will. And there is, there is more to it than that. But I'm, in the context of this message, of, of racism and the social issues, this is what has to be manifested to the world. 
but it comes with a change of thinking and with a change of heart and being willing to become a living sacrifice. That means walking in God's ways, doing things God's way, but you've got to know the word of God. So in closing, John 17, when Jesus prayed that prayer, these weren't just idle words. There was something that had to be manifest. And in another scripture, it talks about creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. That is to come. But that manifestation of the sons of God will be revealed in the unity of the body of Christ. That is going to happen. Not because Christopher Neal said so, because the word of God says so. Because Jesus is building his church, it is going to happen. And he's already weeding people out. He's already exposing the hypocrites and the liars. He's already exposing people. Even in the church, he's exposing them for who they, what they really are and who they are. He's cleaning house. So to overcome racism, it's done by renewing of our minds and having a change of heart. And guess what? That change takes place from the inside out. First, you change the heart. You change the way people think. And the outcome of it are changed lives. People living as one. Revealing the wisdom of God.